Welcome to the Amazon Hustle Podcast, hosted by six-figure Amazon seller and Amazon content creator, Lewis Moore III, aka LM3. Join Lewis every Friday to discuss all things related to running a successful Amazon business, including interviews from other successful six- and seven-figure Amazon sellers. Subscribe to Lewis's YouTube channel to see the podcast in video format and to learn how to start selling on Amazon. Now, let's start this week's episode. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode three of the Amazon Hustle podcast. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. In episode three, I interviewed Michaela. And the interesting thing about Michaela, she's only been an Amazon seller for five months at the time of this podcast. But in four months, she became a six-figure Amazon seller. And that just goes to show you that you can become successful. And you can become successful fast if you know the right things. And in this interview, I talked to Michaela about the things that she's learned. And she drops a lot of gems and knowledge to help new Amazon sellers and seasoned Amazon sellers take it to the next level level so that's enough talking let's get right into the interview okay now can you kind of tell us just a little bit about yourself yes so I started reselling back in about October of last year I started with like consoles you know because PlayStation eBay and all that yeah I started my eBay store at the end of October into November and then I was doing a little bit of like collectibles and I eventually got into toys, you know, like magic mixies and all that stuff by the end of, you know, Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to sell on uh, Amazon when I first started, but you know, you have to get ungated and everything. And like, it was just such a hassle and it was during quarter four anyway. So you, like they were already restricting people. Right. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I like this. I'm just gonna keep going with eBay. Yeah, and so right. I let it go. I didn't touch it for like another couple months. Now, back in February this year is when I picked it up again after, you know, the whole market crashed for, uh all the consoles and the gpus and such so then back in february i met with some guy in one of my cook groups and he kind of mentored me and you know pretty much the rest is history i've been selling since february my first sale was february 18th so you became a six-figure seller seller in four months that's crazy it took me like well it took me like over a year but four months that's crazy so you said that you first started and you first started with ebay then you try Amazon, but it was like too much to, it was just too much going on. So you said no. So like, what made you come back to Amazon? Uh, the market crashed on the GPUs and the consoles. And okay. at that time I didn't have like a traditional nine to five. I just graduated a year and a half before then. And right. I needed to pay my student loans, you know? So I was like, I have to have some kind of income coming in and I couldn't work a nine to five because of my medical issues and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what, let's try Amazon again. I had a good opportunity and I was like, you know what, let's just do it. And we'll see, you know, the rest basically is history. So what is like, we have RAOA wholesaling, private labeling, like what is your Amazon model? Uh, it's about 90% OA and 10% mm-hmm. wholesale. And then hopefully within the next four or so months, I'm going to launch my own private label. Okay. So when you first started with the amount that you started, cause I think you like in one of your Instagram posts, you said you started with, with like 10,000. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for, I took it from my eBay business. So what made you go with OA instead of just jumping right into private labeling? Like most people normally would do if they had that much money. So I didn't even know private label existed at this oh, wow. point. Okay. I first started uh, the mentoring that I was in, like the group I was in, we mm-hmm. just did only um OA and then I found Miles and Warner's group and then that's when I kind of got introduced to private label and stuff and I always tell myself you know once I reached a point to where I can pay for my private label through all the profits that I made from OA and a little bit of wholesale I would eventually start it so like once I hit it last month I was like you know what I'm keeping my promise you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get started so yeah 
that's actually that was actually my plan too that i said once i can actually take my profits and then pay for private labeling to where i'm not paying out of pocket then i would do it but then i found wholesaling so now i'm just <laughs> jumping into wholesaling and i want to kind of tackle that beast before i move on to the next thing online arbitrage like what type of because i don't do oa i mean i'm in germany so it's so it's different and like the websites here suck but um, what, what, or maybe I just haven't took it in time to like do the searching because like I'm so used to doing RA and I like I know exactly where I want to go and I have a whole plan. But um, what type of software do you use for um, OA? So I just use Selleramp and Keepa right now. I don't That's do it? tactical arbitrage. Yeah, no, I manually source. I I tried TA and it's one of those things you just have to know what you're doing. You got to crack the code essentially. And I try to like- What is TA? I don't even know what that is. Tactical arbitrage. It's just basically like it's software where it basically like scrapes the data for you. Oh, so it's like a VA, but just in a software version. Yeah, it's a, yeah, basically. Got it. It's so much more complicated than it needs to be. (laughs) Really? Okay. So do you have any like VAs or do you do everything yourself? Yeah, I have a wholesale VA and then I've been trying out an OA VA recently. Like a year after I started, I bought a product. Like I had a re that I had a replenishable that I was selling for a couple of months and I was selling like 40 or 50 of them a day. So I went and I spent $2,000, which was the most that I ever spent on one product at one time. And overnight, like five different sellers jumped on that listing and tanked the whole price. So I pretty much lost all my money. Have you taken and your time selling? Have you taken any losses or has everything just been like going up? No, <laughs> anybody that tells you that just goes straight up as lying. <laughs> I, uh, no, I've, I've taken my fair share of losses. Okay. I've kept it under pretty control because uh, a lot of people think that they need to go and buy you know 18 units because it won't like split the shipment or whatever and you have a better chance of it going to one fc whatever that's great and all but when you're first starting out don't take those huge losses you know just keep it minimum like when i first started out i was only buying like one to five units 10 at the very maximum Mm -hmm. so like all the losses that i have had have been very very minimal so yeah i mean that just helps a lot and i know people are like i don't want to have to buy 200 you know asins or whatever because that's just too much well i'd rather have 200 asins and have you know maybe five or or 10 you know bad ones than Mm -hmm. have like 10 asins and then have you know two or three of those being right because that percentage is a lot higher yeah the more that you can spread it out the better chance of you being still be okay and then you're and you're not going to lose a whole bunch of money because you have other Asins, that's going to kind of make up since we're on the um, topic of giving out advice if I was a new seller like could you give me some advice as like a new seller like and I said that I wanted to do online arbitrage like what kind of advice would you give me Uh, don't get like freaked out by you know the ungating process because that's what originally got me freaked out I okay. yeah I gave up on that whole process because like when I when I was first starting I had no idea that this whole world existed of you know youtubers giving out information and stuff like Mm -hmm. I had no idea this all worked like this. So definitely the ungating thing and just another thing, like just do it. You know what I mean? Like there's no better action. There's no better like being able to do it than just to do it. Like you you can practice all you want. You can read, you can, you know, talk to other people. You can watch YouTube videos, whatever, take courses. But none of that matters unless you actually do the action itself. You know, like if you don't do it, then you're never going to know. Like just take the chance all of us have taken the chance and it's worked out for a lot of us. So if you just got to give it a chance at least. Yeah. I always say that um, you can always practice, but being in the game, like it's, it's like different, different once you're in the game. And I always say 
Because like a lot of people like to use the excuse of I'm doing my research and people will do research for months and months and months and then never take action. No. And I just say you might as well just jump off and then learn how to fly on your way down because like- That's like, why you make mistakes and that's how you exactly. learn from them. Exactly. Everything in my business, I make mistakes from and then I learn from them. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. I mean, we can all help minimize those mistakes as, you know, content creators and, and you know, mentors or whatever, but like, you're going to make mistakes at some point in time. You might as well just rip the bandage off and just go exactly. for it. And then you learn from your mistakes. Like, I don't even see them as failures. I know it's very cliche to say, but it's not a loss. It's actually a lesson to know what doesn't work. And as, and the more you find out what doesn't work, the easier, like the quicker you'll get to what actually does work. Like you found out what works for you. I found mm -hmm. out what works for me, but we have to go through those losses before we can actually figure out those things that work. You said that you graduated college. This was what, two years now? Yeah. What did you get your degree in? Public health and health administration. I was supposed to go to medical school. What happened? So I had a couple surgeries okay. uh, that were botched. And so I had oh. to have them redone. Yeah. I'm sorry. I my hip and my ankle. And then this year I was actually supposed to go in August. Okay. Um, my ankle surgery failed and I just had to have it revised like four weeks ago now. I'm so sorry. yeah, I gave up my spot. Yeah, it's okay. I gave up my spot. So you know, I told everybody I was riding this till the wheels <laughs> fell off. Is going to med medical school still a, um, like an option or are you just I mean, on I'm Amazon? Not no, I'm not going to close the door completely on it. But like, obviously, I'm doing really well right now. Right. And, you know, I want to put all my effort and my time into this right now while I'm still healing. You know, I still have, you know, ways to go. Tech, so basically, like you're like a full time seller. So. Yeah. As a full-time seller and your own boss, like how do you structure your day or maybe like a week? Like how do you go about doing your business? How much time do you give to your business? How do you kind of get that going? So I pick it up super early, like since I started this whole journey, I get up like six or six thirty. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I can get a lot more done and more productive when I get up a little early. The world is much quieter at six o'clock yes. in the morning. Yes. And I feel like I don't have as much distraction. So I usually get up around that time. Uh, depends. I sometimes prep in the morning. Uh, just depends on like what I had planned out. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I prep, sometimes I source. Um, and then, you know, when it gets to about, you know, lunchtime, um, I start talking to my VAs and stuff and kind of like getting things going. And then after lunch, you know, take the lunch and everything. And and then it just depends as well. Like it's either I'm prepping for most of the day or I'm sourcing or I'm doing like administrative stuff. It just totally depends. Or I'm doing like coaching and stuff. Like it just totally just depends. My schedule right. is so messy right now. When you have like a regular job, you like you have somebody that's telling you where to go, where it's to be, and what to do. Yes. So yeah. So how do you stay structured or how do you stay motivated when you don't have like a boss telling you what to do or you don't have like a like a certain imposed deadline or something like that how do you keep going it was kind of hard at first because you know I am when I was in school I've spent a lot of time in school and mm -hmm. you know everything is so structured right. you know down the hour um so yeah it was kind of hard making that transition but now that I've been doing this for a few months now that it's just routine to me for me and you know it's just all about like looking towards the future and like putting your eye on the prize you know right like, this is what I want to do. And I know that I can't do this unless I do this. Like I have to do this and I have to do this every like day that. or whatever, every other day. And I have to keep my schedule like this. I have to spend this much money, you know, a day right. or this much money a week. So yeah, it just, I think it's really important to set goals for yourself and kind of keep yourself motivated because that's like the only way that I could just like do it and right. keep doing it. Like if I just keep telling myself, you know, my, my big goal is to get 
100k in six months like i know that i can't do that unless i really stay on it so you just told us one of your big goals do you have any other goals for your business my first 10k profit month is also another big one other than a month um launching my private label i just started the program um i'm getting mentored in the okay People okay. are so against mentoring and sometimes, and I'm like, that's the only way that I've gotten to where I am now is getting help. I used to be against courses. I was one of those people like courses or like mentorships. I would used to say, oh, you can learn everything on YouTube or Instagram, which I, I mean, not Instagram, Google, which I still believe you could. But I think one of the main reasons why I said that was because I was broke and like, I didn't have any money to, to like, to be able to invest into anything. So of course I had to go that way. But once you start making money or you have money to invest, it's either you're going to invest time to like do everything yourself, or you're going to invest money to like cut the, to like cut the time. So I really believe like I'm going through a mentorship now, but it's like about YouTube, but um, like, I really do believe in courses and mentorships now when you're able to invest in it, because it just cuts the time. It just cuts the learning curve and the time to where you're able to like learn something that maybe would have took you two years and like six months. That's like, yeah, the big thing. And that's why I tell people that like, I ask me, you know, about, you know, coaching or mentoring, whatever. I'm like, you can literally go, there's two options. You could go on YouTube or Google or wherever and learn how to do all of this on your own, which is perfectly fine. And I, I did that for the first few months anyway. Mm-hmm. Or you can go ahead and, you know, kind of speed up the process, skip the line a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, pay for a course or pay for a mentor or whatever it may right. be. And you, it, I don't know. I just, now that I've got, you know, the money and stuff and I have the profit that it doesn't, because I know that the money that I'm reinvesting back into my business is going to be worth it. And maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, priced right now. It may be like, oh, that's kind of a lot, you know, do I really want to do this? But then I think about it, I'm like, yeah especially for private label, I've been talking to a few people and they're like, if you make one mistake, a couple of mistakes, like you can lose a bunch of money. And I'm like, I don't want to put in 10 K of my profits and then lose half of it, or even lose a fourth of it or whatever. Like, I'd rather kind of pay the money now, get the course, be mentored mm-hmm. and, you know, have a smaller chance of blowing this thing up on my own. <laughs> that is very, very true about going on YouTube and Google to find information. You just posted your first YouTube video. What made you start doing YouTube? Miles. <laughs> Flips for Miles. Really? He's been on my case. Yeah, he's been on my case for so long. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. You know, I talked to him about it um, probably over a month ago now. I was just like, hey, do you think it'd be a good idea for me to start doing some content? Like, I'm super introverted. Like, this was like a huge step for me. Like, getting that done was just like monumental in my life. <laughs> I never expected to do anything of this nature when I first started. So, yeah. He just but kept you, on pushing. And if I wouldn't yeah. have, if it wasn't enough, I probably would still not have had a video up yet. So, but you're like very active on your um Instagram. Like you like give out so many good like nuggets and like gems on your Instagram. So I would figure that doing YouTube would be kind of, well, no, YouTube is different because like you're on camera. And, huh? Yeah. That's the whole, like being on camera for more than just mm-hmm. like a few seconds. Like that's just overwhelming for me. Like I, I recorded a YouTube video back like two weeks ago mm-hmm. and I probably spent like four hours trying to (laughs) and like I kept on you know reshooting it reshooting it and I was just like I don't think I can do this I texted Miles I was like Miles I just don't think I can do this like I'm not cut out for this and he just kept on you know come on you can do it you know what I mean finally I ripped the bandage off and it really isn't that bad once you get the hang of it and it's kind of like smooth sailing but (laughs) I'm not saying that my videos are the best because they're not the best but I know I started almost two years ago doing YouTube and when I first started like I looked at my first video a couple of weeks ago 
compared to my last video and it is so trash and i was so uncomfortable and being in front of the because it's so weird people don't think about it like you're in a room normally by yourself because you don't want anybody mm -hmm. around you and you're in the room by yourself talking to yourself technically and it's just such a, a like it's like a strange feeling that you have to get over but you do get used to it and it, mm -hmm. it does be become easier and even editing videos be um, becomes faster and easier so if you just stick with it you'll get way better at it and you'll feel much better about the product that you put out have you ever heard anybody tell you that selling on amazon is a, like a scam or a get rich quick scheme i think it's all stems from you know like youtube and some of like the instagram gurus and all that trying to promote tiktok tiktok's really bad about that too <laughs> i think a lot of people just see that and they see their like you know 30 second clip and they're like you can sell this for this much and this is how you make this kind of money and they don't really explain to people that there's mm -hmm. hidden fees there's cost for shipping you know all these things that you have to calculate into your you know buying products it's not just easy i don't just go on to you know a website and just buy it and then i sell it for you know a 300 roi or whatever it's not a, you have to keep putting the time and work into it because it's not something that you can just pick up one day and be like a millionaire tomorrow it's just with all things in life, you know, you, you have got to work hard for it. I don't get it a lot because I think when you put out information, that's like good information. And I think I'm very transparent. Like I don't try to make it seem like, like I show my sourcing on, like, I don't show everything I source, but like on my one-off products that I know nobody can jump on a listing, like I'll show what I'm doing and I'll tell the truth about it. And, um, I get every once in a while, I get some, sometimes people saying like, oh, it's a scam, but I think people go into it with the wrong ideas. Like you said, with, with like the people on TikTok and Instagram saying people see this, but I see this and I make this much money and people just look for the easy way most of the time. And it's so not like that. Like it's actually like real work. And I don't think like a lot of people understand because people don't show it, but it's like real work. I don't think it's like, it's not like a get rich quick scam because I've been doing it for two years and I'm not rich. I'm better off, but I'm not rich. So, <laughs> so it's, so it's not like a get rich quick scheme. When you're sourcing, what type of parameters are you sticking towards? Like, do you, like, do you have like a set ROI or any, or like anything like that? It's not black and white. A lot of people ask me this question. I'm like, it's not black and white for me. It may be black and white for other people, but it's definitely not for me. I, I try to hit 30%, but you know, like I've told people in the past, if I can find something for 20% ROI and I can make a few bucks off of it and I can consistently sell 50 to 100 a month or even more than that, I'm going to take hat. that because A, I know most people aren't going to take that. And B, you know, this could add up to serious money on just one item that you're skipping over. You might you may take the chance on three other items and they may turn out to be trash. And you could have taken this one good item that you know that you could have, you know, done really well with, but it, maybe it was just a dollar under your minimum, or maybe it was only, you know, 15% underneath your ROI, your, you know, what, what you want. I don't know. I just, I just think, you know, some people just kind of just say, ah, I don't really want to do that because they don't think about things in, in numbers mm -hmm. and like the velocity of things. Because if I can find something like, say, like, I don't even like 6K, BSR and I can make $2 profit off, off of it. And I can sell, you know, a hundred of those in a month, that's 200 bucks. So, you know what I mean? I just, I take those and yeah, my ROI isn't always the greatest, but it still makes me money. And it's all, it's all about proof of concept as well. When you're starting, right. I tell people this all the time, don't focus on the ROI and stuff like that stuff, all that and the profit that all comes. I mean, obviously still make profit, but like, don't get <laughs> Yeah, don't get super attached to that. Like right. 
oh god i only had you know 10 percent like uh net this month like this is horrible like just just keep going do the proof of concept and i say everything will follow after like just don't worry about it right now i you win like i first started for like the first year I was really stuck on ROI. I would say, I don't want anything less than 50%. That was like my thing. I want to make at least 50% ROI. But then I started to think about it. Like I'll find items that have a good sales rank, not that many sellers on it. And I'll pass it because I'm not making 50% ROI. Maybe it's 25, maybe it's 30. And then I started to think like, even when I find that perfect product that has 50% ROI, when I send it into Amazon, like I might have to compete with somebody else for the for the price. So I'm still maybe only getting 40% ROI or 30 or 35. So why am I just throwing just like throwing away money because it doesn't meet this ROI. So I still have kind of a strict ROI, but I'll do something 25, 20, 30, especially if I'm able to sell it quickly. I'll oh, definitely yeah. do it because I'll go lower in my ROI if I can sell more of it or if there's no other Amazon sellers on it. So I'm not yeah, throwing away no more money. Right. it's never exactly. black and white because it depends exactly. on like the sales velocity and everything and what kind of item it is how expensive it is there's just so many different you know what i mean it's not it's never just like 30 percent. Mm -hmm. like that's not mine at all it varies it's just it's a scale for me this is my last question that i like to ask the people that come on the show especially full-time sellers uh for somebody who maybe is at a point in their life where they don't like their job and they're looking for something else and they went on YouTube or they went on Instagram and they saw Amazon FBA and they're asking themselves, is it really possible to become a full-time Amazon FBA seller to make enough money to replace my job? Is it, or do you have to be special or do you have to have some type of tricks or can like anybody do this? I think really anybody can do this. Honestly, I tell that to people all the time in my chat. You don't have to be some, you know, business guru. I didn't have a business background. Like I told you, I have, you know, I do have a little bit of business from health administration, but, you know, I wasn't some business guru when I came out of college. I was just a hardworking person. And I think that's truly what it boils down to. Everyone asks me, what's the secret? What makes you so successful? How did you get so successful so quick? It's just being hardworking, you know, you just that's just, it's what it boils down to. to for me, I, I, I look back on my, you know, on my journey that the last, you know, almost five months now. And I'm like, what has set me apart from most people that are doing this right now? And it's just putting the time, work and effort into it. And it's just, I don't know, I probably became borderline obsessed with it. But I knew that I had to do something in order to, to do well, like, right. they, you can't just expect things to be handed to you. This isn't like you said, it's not a get rich quick you know, scheme like this. I didn't just wake up yesterday and I have, you know, a hundred thousand in sales. Like I didn't just spend two hours a day doing this. Right. So I think it really does, does matter how much work you're going to put into. It. And I think anybody, if they do it and they truly dedicate, you know, their time and efforts to doing this, I think that anybody can be in my shoes right now. I, I agree with you 100%. I think in our like the times that we live in now, like I think a lot of people are in this, into like this instant gratification. Like if it doesn't work right now, then it then like that just means that it doesn't work. And like I think a lot of people run away from work when it's dressed in overalls because people don't want to work. And if you like you you say get obsessed, but I really do believe that you have to be obsessed with something. And that doesn't mean like kind of crazy obsessed, but you have to be like, you want to learn everything about it. You want to like work at it. You put in more, more time at it and then you can be su um, successful with it. So Michaela, thank you so much for doing this interview. Um, can you tell the people where they can find you at? Yeah. So I just 
started my YouTube channel. It's the same FBA Michaela as well as on Twitter. I'm not as active, but then on Instagram, that's where I probably spend most of my time right now. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'll send you a DM when I um get to um get it uploaded and like all that type of stuff. Could you send me a, a picture on the DM also? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for asking me to be on here. Of course. Thank you. Yep. See ya. You have a good day. You too. I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please do me a favor, share it on your social media, come over to my YouTube channel and subscribe to me on YouTube. If you want to get in contact or follow Michaela, all her links are in the description below as well as mine. And until next podcast, peace out.